thank you for choosing to give this listen. I welcome you to Of Life and Liberty, my podcast about French history. We'll be starting with the Gauls. So the Gauls were Celtic people that migrated to what we now know as France from Central Europe. The ethnym Gaul <laughs> the ethnym Gauli is derived from a Celtic word meaning power or ability. And the ethnic names Galatai and Galatae derive from Gallia or Gallia, two L's. According to Julius Caesar, the people of Gallia Celtica called themselves Celtae in their own language. The English word Gaul from's the comes from the Germanic Walhas. That was probably not the correct pronunciation, I apologize. Instead of the Latin Gauli. Gaulish culture was developed throughout the first millennia and their culture switched around a couple times due to iron working spreading to the Celtic people. And during the Hallstatt culture, pro- the Proto-Celtic language was thought to be spoken around this time, and and around four fifty and around six fifty to four fifty A.D. it started to hit a sharp decline, and that's when we get into the Latene culture, which was the culture of the Gallic people. The Latene culture emerged in Europe during the area of the Gauls, obviously because the Gauls are we're speaking about, and was named after a Swiss village. This culture is characterized and differentiated from the other cultures because of its unique wavy artwork, often found in metalwork. The art was in sharp contrast to the other art styles, such as that is the Hallstatt culture, which is more stylized and geometric. The Latin culture is believed to be developed gradually throughout the first millennia from various inspiration sources, such as Those various, insp- Those various inspiration sources for the Latin culture were the Greeks in pre-Roman Gaul, the Etruscans, and the Golaseca culture. I apologize, if, I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. Again, I'm not very good at language. <laughs> the Latin culture's territorial ex- extent corresponded to what is now most of Western Europe and a lot of Central Europe, reaching as far as Turkey, I believe. The Celtiberians of West Iberia shared many aspects of the culture, though generally not the artistic style. And it spread... It it also reached across the English Channel into Europe, and it was centered on Gaul, which is where the Gauls were. Shocking, right? It played an important role in the develop. It played an important role in the development of Celtic art, with highly skilled metalworking techniques and very beautiful patterns, very beautiful, unique patterns, that set apart from other cultures of the time. And despite the decline of Celtic tribes and the rise of the Roman Empire, it still continues to influence European art and culture, and it is admired and studied by scholars and art enthusiasts, which is certainly interesting. apologize if you could hear my brothers in the background. Certainly interesting. The rise of Celtic culture in Europe was composed by several distinct hierarchical groups with rulers and elite warriors at the tops and shamans just below that with and shaman just below that. 
with your common farmers, merchants, and people like tradesmen and artisans below that, right? And although we have a lack of written records on Celtic society due to the fact they didn't write a lot, we do have important sources that give us good information on the Celts as they were good. Metal workers and farmers creating ornate jewelry and weapons with techniques that were advanced for their time. The Gauls moved from Central Europe westward and settled in, mo in modern-day France, Switzerland, Belgium, and Italy. The migration was probably due to pressures and internal conflicts, and archaeological evidence suggests they settled in Gaul in ways with different tribes and groups arriving in different regions. And they trade and they controlled the trade routes along the Mediterranean, trading with probably the Greeks and the Romans. The Gauls also expanded into northern Italy. And yeah, in, into northern Italy, which led to the first Roman Gallic War, which I will not be going. Well, I mean, well, I, I I will go over, but but just not in this episode. The Gauls also expanded into Pannonia, Illyria, and Transylvania in Asia. They also spread into North and Southern Germany, Bohemia, Moravia, and Hungary, which started the. Well, I didn't. It, it didn't start, but it influenced the pre-Roman Iron Age culture of Northern Germany and Scandinavia. They also spread into South into South Britain, which is also spread into Southern Britain, kickstarting the spread of early Celtic languages into Britain, which would later spread to the rest of the British Isles. And evidently, I apologize if you can hear that. And evidently, Gaul cultures were very distinct from each other, as the Romans describe Gallia Transalpina from being very distinct from Gallia Cisalpina. Julius Caesar distinguishes three ethnic groups in Gaul. The Belgian, the north between the Rhine and the Seine, and the Seine. I, I, I'm not good at French. With the Celtae in the middle, and in Armorica, I wrote down America because Google Docs sucks, with the Aquitania in the southwest, with the southeast being colonized by the Romans. Some scholars believe the Belgae south of the Somme were a mix of Celtic and Germanic cultures, but their ethnic affiliations have not been classified, with one of the reasons being poli political French interference. Along with, in addition to the Gauls, Phoenicians and Greeks were living among them because of outposts on the Mediterranean. Due to this migration westward, they got into conflicts with Greek cityscapes and ended up... <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. And... That's <coughs> uh, something cut in my throat. Ended up getting into the Balkan Wars, which I'm not going to go over... Which I'm not going to go majorly in-depth on the cause. Which I'm not going to go majorly in depth on. The cause was multiple Latene chiefdoms moving into the Balkans, and during the first expedition, they defeated the Macedonians and killed the Macedonian king, Ptolemy Caruanos. Then they raided along the countryside, avoiding the more fortified cities, but they were repelled by a Macedonian who mustered an army to repel them. The second invasion went a lot less well. The Gauls were repelled by the Greeks who had just reformed from previous flanking of the Gauls. Okay. 
So I need to make this episode longer. So I guess I'm gonna go more in depth on the Balkan Wars. things sound a lot more spontaneous because they are I have run past all of my script so I am uh, I'm, I'm, I'm panicking trying to look up information hold on my brothers are being stupid Okay, so the Gauls invaded Greece from their new bases in northern Illyria and Pannonia. And Pannonia, not Pannonia. The Gallic invasions climaxed in the early 3rd century with the invasion of Greece. The first invasion of Greece proper was preceded by a series of other military campaigns waged in the southern Balkans against the kingdom of Macedonia, favored by the state of favored by the state of confusion ensuing from the disputed su succession after Alexander the Great's death. The p a part of invading Celts crossed over to Anatolia and eventually settled in the area that came to be named after them, Galicia. From the 4th century BC, Celtic groups pushed into the Carpathian Carpathian region and the Danube Basin. Coinciding with their movement into Italy, the boy and the <laughs> the boy the boy if you can hear that I apologize. The boy and the Volcay. The boy and the oh wait these are Celtic confederacies my bad. The boy and the Volcay were two l large Celtic confederacies who generally the Confederacy, <gasps> who generally cooperated in their campaigns. Splinter groups moved south via two major routes, one following the Danube, another eastward from Italy. According to legend, 300,000 Celts moved into Italy and Illyria. By the 3rd century, the native inhabitants of Pannonia were almost completely Celticized. Latin remains are found widely in Pannonia, but are found westwards beyond the Tisa, the, the Tisa, and south beyond the Sava, are rather sparse. Wait, Latin remains are widely found in Pannonia, but finds westward beyond the Tisa and south of the Sava are rather sparse. These finds are deemed to have been locally produced Noric and Pannonian variation of Celtic culture. Nevertheless, features features encountered that suggest ongoing contact with distant provinces such as Iberia. The fertile lands around the Pannonia River established the Celts to establish themselves easily, uh, developing their agriculture and pottery, and at the same time exploiting the rich mines of modern Poland, my god. Thus, it appears the Celts created a new homeland for themselves in the southern part of Central Europe. In a region stretching from Poland to the Danube, Oh my God. Thus it appears the Celts had created a new homeland for themselves in the southern part of Europe in a region stretching from Poland to the Danube. But there is little to no non-Christian evidence of that, so historians eat your heart out. 
the political situation in the North Balkans was fragmented and in constant conflict with various tribes dominant over their neighbors at one time. Within tribes, military expeditions were conducted by a mobile warrior class able to conquer large areas and exploit their population. The political situation in the Balkans during the 4th century BC played to the Celts' advantage. The Illyrians had been waging war against the Greeks, leaving their western flank leaving their western flank weak. While Alexander the Great ruled Greece, the Celts dared not to push south near Greece. So, therefore, early Celtic expeditions were concentrated against the Illyrian tribes. The first Balkan tribe to be defeated by the Celts was the Illyric... Let me get my best attempt here. Atariate. Illyric Atariate, who during the 4th century BC had enjoyed a hegemony over much of the central Bar Barkans. Central Barkans. Greek furries. Centered on the Moravia Valley. An account of Celtic tactics is revealed in their attacks on the RDI. I'm going to go over Celtic tactics in another episode, so keep watch for that. I'm so sorry. It's going to be horrible. In the 3rd century BC, Celts sent representatives to pay homage to Alexander the Great while Macedon was engaged in wars against Thracians on its northern border. Some historians suggest this diplomatic, air quotes, act was actually an evaluation of Macedonian military might. After Alexander the Great died, Celtic armies began to bear down on the southern regions, threatening the Greek kingdom of Macedon and the rest of Greece. In 310 BC, the Celtic general Amolistomos attacked deep into Illyrian territory, trying to subdue the Dardians, the Paeonians, and the Tribali. However, Molestomos was defeated by the Dardanians. The Dardanians. Okay, it's, it's, it's the Dardanians. The new Macedonian king, Cassander, felt compelled to take some of his own Illyrian enemies under his protection, though the Illyrian, even though the Illyrians had emerged victorious. In the 2nd century BC, the Celts attempted a penetrating attack. If you can hear that, I apologize. The Celts, the Celts attempted a penetrating attack into Thrace and Macedon, where they suffered a heavy defeat near the Hamus Mons at the hands of Cassander. However, another body of Celts led by General Cambolos marched on Thrace, capturing large areas. The Celtic... I'm sorry. Okay. However, another body of Celts led by the General Cambolos marched on Thrace, capturing a large amount of land. The Celtic tribe of the Serdi lived in Thrace and founded the city of Serdica, present-day Sofia. The present-day Sofia, the city in Bulgaria. Funny name. The Celtic military might towards the pressure in the southern Balkan and the Celtic mi <laughs> the Celtic military pressure towards Greece reached its turning point in the second century BC during the collapse of Lysimachus Machus Lysim <coughs> Oh my throat Lysimachus's successor kingdom of Thrace opened the way for migration. The cause of this is explained by Pausanias as greed for loot, by Justin as a result of overpopulation, by, by Justin as a result of overpopulation, and
by Memnon as a result of Fanon. F Fanon, not James Fanon. J <laughs> as a result of <laughs> as a result of famine, according to Pausanias, initial probing raid by Cambalos withdrew when they when they realized they were too few in number. In the second century, B in in two eighty BC, a great army comprising of about eighty thousand warriors left Pannonia, split into three divisions, and marched south to Macedon and to Central Greece under the leadership of. Serathrius, 20,000 men moved against the Thracians in Triballi. Another section led by Brennius and Achichorius, that's really bad, I apologize, moved against the Pionians, while the third. <laughs> I'm sorry. While the third section led by Bulgios aimed for the Macedonians and Illyrians. Oh, Ptolemy. Bulgios inflicted heavy loss. Bulgios inflicted heavy losses on the Macedonians, whose young king Ptolemy. Ptolemy. Caranos was captured and decapitated. However, Bulgios's continent was repulsed by. Oh, it's not continent, it's contingent. However, Bulgios' contingent was repulsed by Macedonian noblemen Sosthenes. And satisfied with the loot they'd won, Bulgios' contingents turned back. Sosthenes, in turn, was attacked and defeated by Brennius and his division, who were then free to ravish the country. Oh, I lost Monopoly. After this expedition returned home, Bren Brennus urged and persuaded fly. Brennius persuaded them to mount a third united expedition against Central Greece led by him and led by himself and Achichorius. The report strengthened the army of 152 infantry and Jesus Christ, a lot of men. 24,000 cavalry is impossible to judge. The actual number of horsemen was intended to be half as big. Pausanias describes how they used a tactic called Tramorsicia, where each cavalryman was supported by two mountain servants who could supply him with a spare horse should he have to be dismounted, or take his place in the battle should he be killed and wounded. Brennius... Oh, wait. It's, 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 it's not Brennius... Brennius pushed on to Delphi, where he was defeated and forced to retreat, after which he died of the wounds sustained in the battle. His army fell back to the river Spercheos, where it was routed by Thessalons and Malians. Malians? Mali was involved in this? Never mind, it's a Greek tribe. Both, historian, both, historians, both historians who relate the attack on Delphi, Pausinius and... Junius and Junianus Justinus say that the Gauls were defeated and driven off. They were taken by a violent thunderstorm which made it impossible to maneuver or even hear their orders. The night that followed was frosty and in the morning the Greeks attacked them from both sides. Brennus was wounded and the Gauls fell back, killing killing those of their own wounded who were unable to retreat. 
kind of sucks for them because they, because even wounded men can still fight. That night, a panic fell on the camp, as the Gauls were divided into factions and fought amongst themselves. They were joined by Asichorius and the rest of the army, but the Greeks forced them into a full-scale retreat. Brennius <laughs> took his own life by drinking neat wine, according to Pausanias, or stabbing himself, according to Justinus. Pressed by... Aetolians, the Gauls fell back to the Spercheos, where the waitings, where the waiting Thessalians and Malians destroyed them. Most scholars deem the Greek campaign a disaster for the Celts. Some of the survivors, led by Commentorius, one of Brennus' generals, settled in Thrace in 277 BC. Antigonius II Hold on, look up. <coughs> Antigonius II Gonatus defeated the Gauls at the Battle of Lysimachia, and the survivors retreated, founding a short-lived city-state named Tile. Sucky name for a city-state. Another group of Gauls was split off of Brennus's army, and in Brennus's army in 281 were transported over to Asia Minor by Nicomedes. The first to help him defeat his brother and settle over the throne of Bithynia. They eventually settled in the region that came to be named after them, Galicia. They were defeated by Antiochus I, and as a result, they were confined to the barren highlands in the center of Anatolia. Celtic groups were still the preeminent political entities in the northern Balkans from the 4th to 1st century BC. The boy controlled most of the n controlled most of northern Pannonia. During the second century BC, and were also mentioned to having occupied the territory of modern <coughs> Slovakia. For one of other tribes of the Boi and Confederation inhabiting Pannonia, there were the Tarishi of the Upper Sava Valley west of Sisak, those the Anardi Oisi and Katini in the Carpathian Basin, and lower in the lower Sava Valley, the Scordishi wielded much power over their neighbors for over a century. Later half of the first century BC brought, brought much change over the power relations to the barbarian tribes of Pannonia. The defeat of the Boi Confederation by Gedodacian king Berbista significantly curtailed Celtic control over the Carpathian Basin, and some of the Celticization was, was some of the Celticization was reversed. Yet more Celtic tribes appear in sources. The Hercaniates and Latabisi Ladobishi migrated from the northern region, northern regions of Romania. Although, new, although altogether new tribes are encountered bearing the Latin names such as the Arabiates, probably where Arabia comes from, possibly representing new creations carved out of the defeated boy in Confederacy. Tweak, to further weaken the Celtic hegemony in Pannonia, the Romans moved the Pannonian Illyrian Azali to the to northern Pannonia. The political dominance previously enjoyed by the Celts were overshadowed by the newer barbarian confederations such as the Marcomanni and the Lazigis. Their ethnic independence were gradually lost as they were absorbed by the surrounding Dacian, Illyrian, and Germanic peoples. So the Celtic names survive until the 3rd century AD. God, 
In spite of Greek accounts about the defeat of the Gauls, Roman literary tradition preferred a far different version. Strabo, what is that name? Why would you call your child Strabo? <laughs> Reports a story told in his time of a semi-legendary trailer, the Orem Tolosanum. Fifty, fifteen thousand talents. <laughs> Four hundred fifty metric tons of gold and silver. I, I, I did that calculation myself. Of gold and silver was supposed to be was supposed to have been part of the looted gold of the looted cursed gold during the sack of Delphi and brought to Tolosa, modern day Toulouse, France, by the Tecto Sages Tecto Sages, who were said to have been part of the invading army. More than a century of a half over the alleged sack the redacted ruled over redacted redacted in the first century bc while marching to Arisio, redacted of cisalpine gaul quintus servilius capio plundered the sanctuaries of the city of tolosa whose inhabitants had joined the Cimbri, finding over fifty thousand fifteen pound bar of gold Bars of gold and 10,000 15-pound bars of silver. The riches of Toulouse were shipped back to Rome, but only the silver made it. The gold was stolen by a band of marauders who were believed to be hired by Capio himself and to have killed the legion guarding it. The gold of Toulouse was never found and was said to have been passed all the way down to the last era of redacted, 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 redacted Brutus. What? Capio refused to cooperate with his superior officer, Gnaeus Malleus Maximus, beca because he thought of him as a Novus. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. What is that? What does Novus Hollow mean? Oh, okay. Because he thought of him. Because he thought of him as a Novus Homo. I'm, I'm, I'm as confused as you are. Deciding by himself to engage in battle against the Cimbri on the Rome. There, the Roman army suffered a crushing defeat in the so-called Battle of Arusio, which happened in modern-day Orange. Upon his term to Redacted, Capio was tried for loss of his army and embezzlement. He was convicted and given the harshest sentence allowable. He was stripped of his Redacted citizenship, forbidden fire and water within 800 miles of Redacted, fined 15,000 talents, about 825,000 pounds of gold, and forbidden from seeing his family or speaking to his friends until he left for exile. He spent the rest of his life in exile in Asia Minor, in Anatolia. His defeat and ensuing ruin were looked upon as punishment for a sacrilegious theft. Strabo... Stra I, I can't with that name. Strabo. I love him so much. Strabo. Amazing. Just a wonderful name. Call your kid Strabo arguing that defeated Gauls were in no position to carry off such spoils. In any case, Delphi had already been dispelled of its treasure by the Phocians during the Third Sacred War in the previous century. However, Brennus's legendary pillage of Delphi is presented as fact by some modern historians. Good reading for the information I brought up. Good books on the information I brought up were, or er, brought up. Okay, 
good good reading material on the information that I brought up were The World of the Gulls by Simon James, The Gulls by Barry W. Cunliffe, The Ancient Celts by Barry Cunliffe, The Druids by Barry Cunliffe, and The Celts, a very short introduction by Barry Cunliffe. It's a lot of Barry Cunliffe stuff, but I promise he'll come around to his writing eventually. He's a very good writer. And that is unfortunately where I have to stop because we're running out of gas and we must return to shore. So I will see you when I see you on the next episode of Life and Liberty. Goodbye.